Well, good morning. Hope and pray you guys had a good week. It's been all right, right? And that whole time change thing can just uh, take a hike, right? <laughs> now we hear, or at least I heard it from time to time, and maybe you hear it from time to time, that you know the basic needs of life are food, water, and shelter, right? But as a culture, we only speak of physical food, physical water, and physical shelter. Yet we ask the question, what's for dinner? Or what am I going to wear tomorrow for that interview? To even the question that, you know, you hear it time to time, you know, what kind of house do you want to live in? What kind of future do you want? And these are, these are common questions throughout, throughout life. We, we work you know, because we do, right? We work to provide for our families, provide them food, water, and shelter. So we're not exposed to the elements and we don't find ourselves hungry or thirsty without anything to eat and drink. And this can and sometimes is a full-time job, uh, keeping ourselves and our families fed. And fed rightly, especially in a world of convenience where fast food and boxed dinners seem to be an easy thing to make or even call for or even hey there's an app for that right you know you can just push a couple buttons and it shows up at the doorstep but taking time to build and cook a meal to go grocery shopping and putting in time is a worthy effort now that we can't enjoy a meal out or that boxed dinner i'm not going to say no to mac and cheese or soup on a busy day right you know Actually, used to be called, you know, the the dinner in a box, right? I think that ceased to be Kraft's tagline for mac and cheese. And we spend a lot of time in this physical area, but how much time do we spend on the spiritual? Do we take time to pray and to read the scriptures daily, like we eat and drink daily, right? To know the what and why we believe in order to give an answer. Jesus speaks of it like this. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. <clears throat> and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears, on the, hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And we spend time feeding our bodies to take care of ourselves, and we should do the same with our spiritual health, that we would hear the Lord's word, and that we would build upon them that we would take refuge in the God of refuge so that when the storms come, right? It's not, well, they might be out there. It's no, they're out there, right? The storms are out there. The wind and the waves and the rain are there. They come as they do in this broken world. And if we are already clinging to him in the first place, then we know where to be. 
staying close to the shepherd because we never know when terror will strike. Now let's open in a word of prayer before we turn in the scripture. Now, Father God, we, we thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. Thank you for this grace and mercy in our times of need. Thank you that we have the ability to have relationship with you through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that we have your written word. That we can know what to believe, why to believe it, and how to give an answer. How to aim to please you in this life as we live. Be with us in this time. Rid us of all of our distractions of this past week or this coming week, Lord, that we could just fix upon your word in this moment. Thank you for this time and this opportunity to peer into your scripture. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, please uh, turn your Bibles with me to Psalm, Psalm 91. And we'll continue our study. In this Psalm of David. I guess, yeah, no, Psalm of David is actually not. Uh, psalm 91 is not a Psalm of David, um, but the psalmist writes this in verse, I guess that's usually just like, you know, the normative, right? You're like, oh yeah, it's a Psalm of David. It's like, no, there's actually ones that weren't written by him, a couple. <laughs> but uh, he wrote a lot of them. But the psalmist says this in verses 5 through 8. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that strikes in the darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. That word means uh, to give back, to pay due. Do we look at life as a battlefield? You know, looking at our current culture, I would say we view it as a playground, right? We enjoy our shows, we enjoy our hobbies, we eat all the good and great food we want. We live in a culture of convenience, a culture of self-worship. I mean, just trying to tell someone that they're wrong is, I mean, just watch some reels on YouTube and you'll see how the reaction goes. But the startling truth is this, is that death comes for all. The truth is, is that death is hidden, right? Death is hidden in pristine buildings in our culture, but it is still here. Like a car engine light that we put tape over, we see nothing and say nothing. But yet, as fear and terror are uh, swallowed down as pills and sleep aids, it's still here. It's actually interesting. I looked up some statistics, and it's reported that 8% of U.S. adults report using, right? That's the reported number. Report using prescription medication to be able to sleep. And then also over here at 19%, 19.1%, that's over 40 million U.S. adults deal with anxiety disorder. And yet, as I just 
looked at it, you know, it's all these prescriptions, it's all these different things. We're, we're dealing with a massive problem in our own country, yet we're not fighting the battle the right way. And if we dwell with God and if we deal with these feelings as we will have anxiety in life, I mean, just watch the news for five seconds, yet if we do this, if we personally cling to the Lord God and know that he will carry us through. Because if the attack comes both by day or night, we have no reason, no reason to fear. Solomon actually talks about this in Proverbs 3. If you want to turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs 3. This was a fun verse to find in this time of study. But Proverbs 3, uh, verses 19 through 23, Solomon states this, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, do not lose sight of these Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and an adornment for your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. But we live in a culture that is losing sight, suppressing the Almighty. A culture that wants to do right in its own eyes. And therefore, we're dealing with the fallout of our choices. Personally, I thought about this as like, what, you know, what, what, are, what are we to do, right? That's the question. <laughs> what are we to do? Personally, we can do this. We can fortify our own lives. We can fortify our own families. And with this also pointing all we know to the one who can deal with the problems because he has dealt with the very source of our hurt, which is sin and death. He's dealt with it. The victory is won at the cross. Therefore, whatever we deal with in this life, we know we can hold to him. The author of Hebrews states it like this. We have this, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain, right? We have relationship with the Almighty because he, being the Holy One, has entered into the Holy of Holies and made sacrifice for us. In Christ, we have hope because the living hope we have in the one that has come for us. And that by resting in him, we have eternal life. And though thousands fall and fail, though there's pestilence and plague come, those that trust in God and abide in him will see that he is the refuge. Right? And even as we looked last week, even though they die, right? Jesus says even though they die, they will live. You know, our reality, the context of our broken world, is that one day we will face death. You know, the doctors help, the health tips are good. 
There's a lot of people to learn from in this day and age, a lot of books being written of how to do this and that. But everything one day will come to an end. Our health will fail. Maybe we'll make it to our deathbed. Maybe we won't. So the question is this, is where will we look? Because the experts will fail. The, the doctors will get it wrong. Governments don't keep promises as we saw last week. Looking into their eyes and seeking hope can only go so far. So whose eyes will we look into? And where will we seek shelter from the storms of life? May it be the Lord. But please turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Verses 4 through 9. And Paul writes this Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence... If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and have heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Every time I'm reading through the book of Philippians and studying and, you know, taking out passages and saying, oh, this would really fit into this subject, we always come to remember and know that this book is written in prison, Right? And yet it is full of joy. Paul states, rejoice in the Lord. He says it, he says it twice, right? I say again, rejoice. Because he's, he's not looking at his circumstances and saying, oh, poor me. Something that he could do and something everyone can do no matter their given circumstances, right? Paul, on the other hand, knew to do this, to give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that's 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's one of those hard verses, right? <laughs> like, eee! You know, as a workmanship in Christ Jesus, Paul understood that God had placed him where he wanted him. Those centurions, those guards, those people coming to him needed Jesus as well. You know, we may wonder from time to time, why are we here? Why are we there? What am I doing in this Walmart? <laughs> even in the job we hate, or even in the circumstances we find ourselves in that aren't very appealing, right? 
in all those circumstances, let our reasonableness be known. That we would know what we believe and why we believe it, so to give an answer to everyone. That in those circumstances, we would point and proclaim the truth of who Christ is. <coughs> and that we would not be anxious. Now that's a hard one, right? Because there's a big date coming. There's a big event coming. And Lord, there's a big test coming. And what else is there other than to do than worry? Because it's the best, right? It's the best thing to do. Let's worry about it. Yeah, there's something better. Prayer. Casting our cares upon him who cares for us. Approaching the throne of mercy and grace in our time of need. Well, that's good medicine, right? Because we can be anxious about anything and everything in life. But we can be prayerful and thankful about anything and everything in life as well. And then after all of that, right, then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's the condition right there. The condition is pouring out to the Lord above. It's not having all the answers, but it's dwelling with the Most High. And it can't be disconnected with this about peace as well. These next verses that Paul state are very important to the whole of it as well. In verses 8 and 9, he states this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I wonder how Paul made it through prison. It might have been something about mindset, right? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Huh, I wonder how Paul got through hard times. Well, he, kinda, he had a focus. He had a mindset. Practice these things and the peace of God will be with you. Now, how did Joseph make it through things, right? You read Exodus. What does it state? He's in this, he's in that, and the Lord is with him. It's interesting. You know, it's one thing right away. It's like, well, I'll just cut it all off. I just won't watch news. I just won't do this. I won't be on Facebook. It's, it's not to stop being informed, but to not be so fixed upon it, right? To not be so fixed upon the news and the wars and the rumors of war. If we do all of that, what else will we be other than anxious? You know, if you have a cup and you fill it with mud, you will have a cup of mud. You going to drink it? No. But if you clean out that cup and you pour in stuff like, I mean, I'm, I'm loving coconut water. It's like my jam right now. You know, I just pour in some coconut water and drink that. You know what? It's a lot more refreshing than mud. You can also fill it with your own favorite drink as well. So we must clear out the mud. You know, there's a, a point of disconnecting, of being with the Lord, of dwelling with the Almighty, of fixing our mind upon what is true and honorable. 
and will refresh us. We must <coughs> be about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, being a hobby, a trip to the zoo, a trip to the mountains, studying theology. I'm, oh, I'm up for that one. <laughs> Reading a good novel. You know, meeting with family and friends. You know, we have opportunities and options before us as we seek the Lord, as we look to Paul and look to Peter and look to others, not as just some super apostles that had it all together, but as ordinary men that followed the Almighty. And then comes the question. It's actually on our bulletins, right? From Proverbs. Are we leaning upon his understanding or our own? Solomon writes this in, in Proverbs 3 as well, right? You know, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. You know, do we trust him more than we trust our own judgment? Do we surrender our whole hearts or do we cling to control? Because leaning on his understanding will give us peace. And we can build upon that firm foundation and it will give us a bedrock to rest upon our entire life. And that even as everything in life goes from bad to worse, we know that the Lord has authored life. He has given grace. And in, in the end, though there is sin and evil and pain here, because of the fall, he wins. And on the day of the Lord, goodness and justice will win out, for it will be the day of the Most High. And therefore we acknowledge him, the role of life, let us serve him with our whole heart and our whole mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and has all understanding of every plan and every thought. Now that means, quite truly, we can't fake it until we make it, right? Who likes that phrase? Like, oh yeah, just kind of you know, go with it, right? Go with the flow, <laughs> No, it means being real with God, with our struggles, our doubts, our hard questions. That we wouldn't just have it set on the back burner, but that we would make it a priority. In this, the Lord will make our paths straight. And that we wouldn't be wise in our own eyes, but that we would turn away from evil and turn towards God. Jesus says it like this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend the law and the prophet, or as some translations hang the law and the prophets. It's a summary of what all those laws and all those things are about, of what we should be about. We are to love God with our whole 
It doesn't mean to power off our minds. It doesn't mean to power off our emotions and our pain and our struggle. It means to take our questions, our feelings, and our hurts to the one who understands and sympathizes with our weaknesses. And the amazing thing is that he came so we may have refuge in the storm. And that we may have refuge from the fallout from the fall. And the very real consequences of our sins. So we are able to find a refuge in the one who has come for us. So by Christ Jesus we can dwell in the God of refuge forevermore. Go ahead and uh, turn in your Bibles with me one more time to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. Since he is the, the last word from God, I thought it would be pretty awesome to hear what the Lord says about this subject, right? You know? uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 30. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not... Are you not more, not of more value than they? And which of you being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet you, even in, yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into an oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient is the day. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. That's a good word from the Lord. Well, let's close in a word of prayer. Oh, Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy and grace, Lord. We thank you that you are Lord God that has come down from heaven to earth to show us the way to be the way, the truth, and the life. That we may believe upon you and rest in your sacrifice and abide in you for all of our days. Lord, be with us as we go from here. Strengthen and encourage us and ready us for this week that we would aim to please you. Thank you for everything, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.